0: hi everyone and welcome to American dreams a podcast about the british royal family i'm caitlin i'm jenna besides blood or marriage what truly makes a princess it's the tiara royal tiaras are not like the ones you see on pageant queens or adorable small children they're steeped in history symbolism and duh diamonds on the day before the wedding of Prince Charles and Diana Spencer, Diana was summoned to Buckingham Palace, where she met with her soon-to-be mother-in-law, Queen Elizabeth II. There she was loaned not only an emerald necklace, but Queen Mary's lover's not tiara, now the one that you see a lot of times Diana wearing in a lot of her photos, and now a favorite of Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge. Although Diana did not wear this tiara on her wedding day, she, cl- she later exclaimed that evening, the day before her wedding, I've got Brenda's rocks! Woo! Brenda's rocks are the focus of our episode with two months to go until Harry and Meghan's wedding Meghan Markle is likely not to eschew royal tradition and will wear a tiara but her majesty's catalog of gems is vast what will she choose never fear we are on the case today on our show we'll review a few of the tiaras in the royal vault some that are staples for the British royal brides but also a few that have not been seen in years or will Meghan go custom and create a new piece for her new life Either way, Meghan's choice is another royal wedding mystery, and also the perfect accessory for her introduction into the British royal family. Well, hi Kate. Hello. How's it
1: How's going? It?
0: Good. How about yourself?
1: Pretty good. i um, excited to talk about tiaras. I know. We've had I, this... Like- In the works for a while. Um, We wanted to make sure we had enough time to like dedicate to such an important discussion and like do our research for once.
0: Indeed. This wasn't like one that I was like, oh, I want to spend like 40 minutes looking at. (laughs) Yeah. Because like just looking at these just makes me like so like looking at just pictures of tiaras just makes me really happy.
1: (laughs) I know. Same here.
0: (laughs) And I, yeah, once again, it makes me really jealous that I'm not a princess,
1: but. Or the thing that's depressing is, like, I don't have a big pile of cash lying around that I could buy a tiara. Because just from a quick Google, apparently, like, Christie's and Sotheby's and all those other fancy places will, like, put them up for auction. Right. And it's like, oh, if only I had 78,000 Swiss francs. Which I had Indeed. to be like, what is that? Like how? And then luckily my husband was next to me. He was like, it's pretty much the equivalent of a dollar. I was like, okay, yeah. cool, that's easy. <laughs> I was like, CHF, what is that? That doesn't even yeah. make sense, right? That's too fancy.
0: Oh yeah. Even though royals don't wear their tiaras often enough, I think they're so beautiful. They should wear them more often. I so. agree, but hopefully they take advantage of it uh, and just wear the the
1: more. Like the lighter ones, the less heavy and uncomfortable ones, just when they're lazing around the house.
0: Yeah. And there's quite a few of them as I was looking at them that I was like, these are ones, they're not like where Diana was always like, it hurt her head to wear the lover's knot. Like some of these, I'm like, this looks like something that's doable, but we'll get to that, I guess, a little bit more later in our show.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So um, in the meantime, I think we can talk about uh, the news.
0: Perfect. Perfect.
1: So I'll start with the Queen, Um, first of all. So I kind of categorized this under the uh, heading that she has been meeting with some other leading ladies this week. So Mm -hmm. um, back to back days, uh, March 14th and 15th, she met with various female heads of state that were um, received uh, for an audience with Her Majesty. So on March 14th, she uh, met with the High Commissioner for the Republic of South Africa, her Excellency, Miss Nomatemba Temba Tombo. And uh, so I think that it was just a, another typical, like, when she meets uh, politicians who are representatives, representatives of part of uh, the government of a country in the Commonwealth. Um, so there's that. And then on March 15th, she received and held an audience with the lieutenant governor of Prince Edward Island, a woman oh. named Antoinette Perry. And so that was, I mean, just a fun, I think, probably a fun, a more fun part of her job is meeting these politicians. And I think she's probably noticed a pattern since she started ruling that
0: there are more and more women she gets to meet in these circumstances. So indeed, it's not just Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, um, have times have changed. changed. And so that's kind of what she was doing this week. And then um, Prince Charles, he was similarly kind of doing some of his typical uh, types of events. So um, on March 13th, he made a visit to Heathrow Airport um, Terminal 5, which I think is the international terminal. I'm not positive, though. I think it's the one that, like, if you fly in from the U.S., you usually are going into. Mm-hmm. Um which apparently the terminal was open about 10 years ago by the queen. And so he was visiting to highlight the work done by security and airport personnel to keep the country and the airport safe. But the really remarkable thing about this visit was that one of the, one of the uh, animals that keeps the airport safe was nine week old puppy, Ned, who is a sniffer dog in training. And so there's lots of adorable photos of, Prince Charles, petting a like a black cocker spaniel type dog who is clearly like nine weeks old and doesn't understand that anything is not a game. And it's really fun. And um, Chris Jackson, the Getty photographer who's married to uh, Kate's stylist, Natasha Archer, right? Is that who it is? Yeah. Um, He was there and I follow him on Instagram and he was posting videos like, um insta stories of like the dog like frolicking around and it was really cute Aww. and i was like that must be the best part of your job
0: right where are we going and their dogs there okay right i get to take yeah, pictures I, of them yeah i think they also recently got a dog too and he always has photos of that's that, his, like parents dog, dog oh, his parents I, dog actually I, oh, so I followed it i followed it
1: carrot carefully because I was like <laughs> they got it around Christmas time and they talk about it like oh um like her name's biddy and they're like oh we're in Wales so we get to see biddy and I yeah. was like oh this is cool um but then I was like well where did where did biddy go like why why are we not seeing biddy anymore on his Instagram mm-hmm. and then he's like oh she lives in Wales with my parents and I was like oh okay so then he they were visiting recently and there was Smart more sense. pictures of her but she's cute uh-huh. she's a little like black lab oh so cute anyway i always know the story of the instagram dogs that i follow (laughs) obviously i'm a weirdo um but yeah and then the other kind of interesting thing i wanted to talk about um that prince charles did this week was on march 15th he uh presented an mbe to a woman named ethel armstrong and he was honoring her for 70 years of service to the national health service so seven zero She apparently entered as a student nurse on July 5th, 1948. In 1990, she retired for five whole days. And then so it said she retired on like a Friday. And then the next Wednesday, she uh, started working again, this time with a charity that serves uh, retirees of the NHS. So retired nurses like her and retired uh, other medical professionals who you know, used to work for the NHS and then no longer do. And uh-huh. she's been the patron of that charity since then. Oh, wow. And so she, like, apparently she heard Prince Charles was, like, 70, like, seven zero. He had to, like, clarify a couple times because that's, you know, that's longer than he's, I mean, kind of been, a lo- like, that's how old he is almost or close to. Right? Like, wasn't yeah, he born I- in
0: 48? I think so. So,
1: like, I mean, she's been working for the NHS for as long as he's been alive. So I can imagine him being like, huh? That's
0: crazy. What? Um, Yeah, that's
1: bonkers. Again, this is another, um, I think, great way that, like, by being weirdos who are obsessed with the royal family, we get to learn a lot about people who really serve their country, um, but, like, aren't necessarily, like, musicians or artists or actors. And so we would otherwise probably not hear about their
0: accomplishments. So right. Congratulations to Ethel. Indeed. On her MBE. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Uh, Yeah. So we will now move on to our, uh, our younger Royals. uh, And um, we'll talk about an event that happened on March 13th with uh, Will and Harry together. And uh, they met with winners of the Metropolitan Police um officers and it was for the metropolitan police excellent awards and obviously that uh is to recognize wonderful work um done by met police officers staff and volunteers and um one of the people who they um, met with and received an honor was uh, PC, which I'm actually not sure what that means. Police constable, I'm guessing. I think so. Uh, Philip Stone. Um, I've been recently watching uh, The Fall. Oh, okay. Right now, so I feel like I've, I've become more. Uh, you know, I know more about crime, or at uh, least like t- terms they use. <laughs> I
1: was to say my best like source
0: of knowledge is the movie Hot Fuzz. So, <laughs> so I don't know how much. Better or worse, that is. (laughs) Who knows? I but I believe everything they say. I'm like God. This 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 show is what happens for real. Um. But anyways. Uh. Anyways. Uh. PC Philip Stone. Back to him. Um. Who was recognized for his work. Uh. During the Manchester area arena. Excuse me. Uh. Bombing and also the Grenfell Tower fire. And um. That we also learned a little bit more about uh, Prince George at the event. And uh, someone asked. Uh, William if there was uh, something that George or Charlotte really likes or George and Charlotte are keen on and um, William said that George loves uh, you know police cars toys everything as we know that was on his Christmas list when uh, William met father father Christmas when he went to Finland (laughs) right yeah and I think isn't it Charlotte likes to dance or something I think I recently I, heard that. But I don't I, know if I was at that event. No, I
1: think at this event it was specifically because you know it was a room full of police officers. So yeah, um, the woman had said, "Oh, we need volunteers <laughs> in your neighborhood. Do, your kids are your kids keen on it?" And <laughs> uh, jo- and he's like, "Um, I think George would love to, but like he's four, or you know." Right. And it's like, "No, it probably wouldn't work out." But <laughs>
0: yeah, it was pretty cute. <laughs> cute.
1: Um, later that evening on March thirteenth. And this is my favorite story, I think, of the week. <laughs> um, so we talked about this last week. Like that, uh, I, was it last week or the pre- week before? I don't know. I think it was, it was the week before. Okay. Yeah. Well, we talked about uh, Prince William and his motorbike, uh, his, his past, being a rebel Indeed. without a cause. Um, yeah. And the Daily Mail broke the story that um, on March, the evening of March 13th, he was back on the... His bike, his very fancy Ducati, which is it's not the one he rode around um, London before his wedding day, but it was a it was a a slightly less powerful model, but still one that is pretty it can get up to above 100 miles an hour. Uh, But he was um, if you go to the search for this Daily Mail article, it's called the headline is a royal rebel. Which is why I love it. <laughs> and um, it describes how William went to a five-side football game with his friends, aka soccer game, um, where he was just uh, meeting with some other gents his own age to play a quick game um, in the evening. And he was, you know, like, he seemed to be having a good time, but he arrived on his bike and then he peeled away on it as well. But he was wearing safety gear. They did make a uh, careful to uh, they did say that he uh, changed into his like football kit or he like, you know, was wearing like long jeans and a leather jacket and a helmet and stuff. And then he took that off and then he re suited up before he left. So at least Kate's talked some sense into him when it comes to safety first. But also there somebody was quoted as saying he looked fit. When he was playing soccer. And I don't know if they meant that in the British way of like he looked hot or like if he looked like he was in shape or both. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe both. Maybe both. Um, But there's photos. There's tons of photos of him. Um, So if you want to see him wearing like a weird old rugby jersey and some high socks, go ahead and search for that Daily Mail article. Um, And then uh, another quick... uh, thing that harry did on march 15th was he spoke at the veterans mental health conference about his experiences in the army um and he specifically focused on uh the topics of mental resilience and uh, the misconception that veterans are always damaged by military service so he was really trying to get at the kind of flawed narrative that the only mental health concern facing uh military servicemen and women is PTSD and that PTSD always happens. And so it's kind of like a a fight on two fronts. Like one, it's like making sure people know that like we're not assuming that all soldiers are, you know, broken by their service, so to speak. And it's also saying that like, you know, PTSD is a real problem for a lot of people, but it's not the only thing that can happen As a result of or in connection with military service, there are a lot of other mental health issues that can arise um, that deserve attention and treatment, um, just like PTSD does. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think it was a good uh, chance for him to, once again, bring together two of his um, pet charities or his pet Mm -hmm. causes, I should say.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just like we've said before, he he he's you know, kind of like when Will does things that have to do with, you know, the RAF or with helicopters or that kind of stuff or rescue. Flying,
1: flying apparatuses,
0: airplanes, all that stuff. It's like both of them have experience. Like they can genuinely speak from experience about um, their, their charities and whatnot. And that's great.
1: (laughs) And I think for like Harry, you know, he's always really credited his military service with like helping him grow up and get a sense of discipline in his life. And, um, kind of really help him with certain aspects of, you know, being an adult that he had before struggled with before. like it mm-hmm. just gave him a really good environment in which to grow. And so I think part of that is like, you know, recognizing that that can be really beneficial for some people. And so it's like fighting against the idea that just because somebody chooses to join a branch of the military that they're inevitably going to become, you know, stricken with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Not that that's, you know, there's no guarantees in life, but it's not just an in inevitable thing that will happen to everyone. So, yeah, I think it was a... A good speech from him.
0: Moving on uh, to St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, uh, was kind of the annual St. Patrick's Day event with the Irish Guards. And uh, as has been tradition for the last couple of years and really since uh, Kate joined the family, uh, Will and Kate were at the event um, as Will is the colonel of the Irish Guard. And uh, and he wore that uh, suit or not suit, but um, oh, my gosh, I'm totally forgetting what the word is here. Oh, my God. He wore that not suit outfit uniform uniform <laughs> jesus christ uh, <laughs> uniform. <laughs> i don't know it's monday man <laughs> it is uh the red kind of um no he or er, shit i'm gonna stop talking i don't think that's no right. i think it, it was red didn't he wear it is red no i think he wasn't i think he was wearing black and i'm totally i think he's actually is he did he wear his irish guard?
1: yeah live. i think he did okay
0: well i'm gonna actually i'm read. gonna look at it i'm gonna okay. look at it you you read
1: you read yeah. what happened and then i'll tell you what he was wearing and okay as soon Wonderful. as i find it
0: anyways so um the St. annual saint patrick's day parade happens in Hounslow, um where the guards barracks are in west london and uh kate's job at this event is to hand out the like sprigs of shamrocks and uh this she met up with a familiar friend, um, Domhall. Domnal Dominal? Domnal
1: Because oh they they had Dominal. a video actually of like the guy who was his <laughs> handler pronouncing his name.
0: So he okay, said like, Dominal. "How do you
1: say it, Domnal I don't know. It's it's one of those weird. Uh, I say weird, but like Shabon, where like Shabon, the, yeah, and like um, Saoirse Ronan's like name, yeah. And it yeah. looked <laughs> like it's like Gaelic is just not I, a thing that is n- intuitive how to pronounce yeah. it necessarily
0: yeah so um uh, but he is an irish wolfhound and who had another fancy coat uh this one was red and actually um a couple of our friends met a few irish wolfhounds the other day on oh. saint patrick's day they were outside a bar yeah and um our friend sarah that pet- petted them and i asked her i was like are they soft and she said no they're more a little bit more wiry but i was still like oh they look so cute but she said they're massive and you can tell that even when kate's you know going up to uh domino 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 domino, domino. dang it and uh, also you were right he with.
1: william was wearing black
0: okay he was wearing I, like his black
1: uniform with like um the heavy gold braid accent yeah. and then I like the he's burgundy the
0: well, i think he wore his his well no he wore his, i don't know Um Dumb. I shouldn't have even brought it up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, we're not looking at him. Let's face yeah. it. We have a, we have a note
1: section on exactly what Kate's wearing down to Indeed. like bow for cuffs. But like yeah. we don't necessarily care what he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do. Like I I can say that he looked attractive.
0: Indeed. He always looks really great. When, especially when especially hat. has a hat involved. Yep. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. No, he did wear his Irish Guards thing. I swear he did. Anyways, I will go back to that later. Anyways, um so uh it was expected that Donnell was not going to behave. Um it looked like he kind of did. Yeah, um, I mean there are no there's it no hard dog.
1: evidence that he uh messed up, but
0: yeah. But it was very cute and Kate has actually several years of presenting Donnell with sprigs of Irish you know a shamrock so i hope that one day someone makes a photo of her continually meeting him because um, i think it's cute and yeah. uh, then after the event and then they posed with photos with the um the regiment uh they also went inside to have dr- a drink will obviously had some guinness and kate had a glass of water obviously because once again another holiday where she can't drink
1: i know but like even though a lot of the advertising around guinness was like pregnant ladies drink it it's got a lot of iron in it did you know that
0: no yeah they say drink it (laughs) well
1: like this is from back in the day when before like oh you know like this is like old-fashioned um like i went to the guinness factory in dublin and Mm -hmm. went on a tour and it was like drink this it's got a lot of iron in it and then they were like the plaque was like don't drink it when you're a pregnant woman. Like, that's, the iron is not worth it. Just take prenatal yeah. vitamins. <laughs>
0: <It's> not
1: worth <laughs> but it. But back in the day, I mean, honestly, like, it's kind of a lower, actually a lower alcohol beer. And, like, if you were gonna, I mean, honestly, it might have been safer than the water back when they're advertising it. So, yeah. Calls, but,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I can officially confirm that William did wear the Irish guards uniform to his wedding. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, so I think he I don't know, he's probably just wearing black for some other reason. Yeah, Maybe, maybe it's a winter thing, I don't know. Or, or like maybe like, yeah, I
1: don't
0: know. But anyway, like- so I feel a little bit better, but sorry about uh, derailing everything, listeners. Uh, but now we will move on to more important things of what Kate was wearing to this blessed event. Um, as it was a very cold, windy day, and uh, we had discussed, and I think a lot of other kate websites were discussing like what is kate gonna wear because she had been debuting several green coats in the last couple of weeks especially she even had two even within the time that they did the scandinavian tour and um that was a katherine walker coat which she ultimately did wear to the event and then there's also a green dulce and gabbana one that they i think she wore when they went to sunderland so it was kind of like okay she's probably gonna wear one of these right again because she has a brown coat that she's worn while pregnant and another green coat, but it seemed more likely she'd probably pull one of these out since um, she's a lot more pregnant than she was when she wore those other um, previous coats. And um, it was funny. I this on both of the websites, a couple websites were asking, and so I responded as America Crown Dreams on a couple websites about like what I thought Kate was gonna wear. Um, and on both on one site, I was like, oh, she's totally gonna wear the Katherine Walker coat. And then on another, I was like, "Oh, she's totally gonna wear the Dulce & Gabbana." <laughs> <laughs> so Did you do that on purpose, Were you're like, "No, hey, I'm an idiot," and oh. I kept going back and forth on my own opinion. Um, I ultimately, I thought she would wear the Catherine Walker because I thought that one was cuter. Because I thought the Dulce & Gabbana one didn't fit her that well. Yeah, um, and I thought it looked really bulky, but it also had kind of those military buttons, so I was like, I don't know. But yes, she ended up wearing the green Catherine Walker coat, which, yep, she first wore um, on their visit to Stockholm when they did kind of that walkabout with the other royals. And yes, uh, Jenna put in the notes that it's much more form-fitting now, and I loved it.
1: Yep, I knew that. I was God like, because they, on what Kate wore, it had two pictures, like side by side of back in January and then, you know, now. And then I was like, yeah. oh, you can definitely, it's like very much more like form-fitting. Yeah, and so God I knew it. you would like it probably better.
0: Her bump is looking so cute now. Like, this is all I want. I just want body con. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) No, you Um, just
1: don't want her to have
0: to hide her body. Right. Don't hide it. Celebrate it. Yeah, exactly. Celebrate your beautiful babe. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, and then she uh, also wore with the uh, coat, uh, the faux fur cuff and collar by Troy London. And then um, she pulled a hat out from her hat vault. Um, which is her Mary Bell felt beret hat with bow uh, by Gina Foster. And this has my, been my favorite hat that she's worn to this event. So I'm hap- so happy she brought it out again. Me too. I loved the hat. God, it's, it's so cute. Because it's like,
1: like, I mean, sometimes berets can look a little bit too much like a beret.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: like a literal hat that you see on like a French cartoon you know and like <laughs> that's fine and it depends on the outfit but it's not always my favorite and so i love mm-hmm. when it has a little bit of detail to it mm-hmm. um and yeah this one is just like perfectly sculpted and yeah just suits her so well
0: oh it's so cute i love it i love it i love it and um and then she accompanied on her coat a shamrock brooch owned by the guards um that she t- takes out on loan for this event. And then um she was wearing her Kiki McDonough earrings that she first wore in India and in Sweden. And uh, I'm gonna butcher the name of this gem. Green I think it's Tourmaline. Tur- tourmalines? Okay. Yeah. Um so perfect. And that's yeah so it's great of green tourmalines, green amethysts and diamonds. And these were made to celebrate Princess Charlotte's birth. So multi purpose.
1: Yeah and I thought they were really like cute and uh tied in really well obviously when you're wearing green Mm -hmm. um these were beautiful earrings i i just hadn't really
0: noticed them before Mm -hmm. um but i really liked them yeah so i thought it was a fabulous outfit for the event yeah it was looked super warm and she looked super cute and yeah so and so
1: my my theory is that she had those two coats and one of them this one is for colder weather and the other one is for warmer weather, because like, you know, England, like a lot of other places at this time of year, you have no real idea of how cold or warm it'll be. But it was like mm. snowing in England on St. Patrick's Day. Like yeah. There was blizzards some places in Wales. Um, I was watching soccer matches in the morning um, that were like Premier League games. And like it was snowing on and off very at various points all over the country. So I'm sure they were like, yeah, let's do the one we we picked out for Sweden in January. That will be the better choice for today. So, Okay, so um, then just to quickly touch on some upcoming uh, items. So first, I wanted to alert our listeners that there is a new book coming out, I think, tomorrow, so March 20th, um, and it's by Katie Nichol, a.k.a. the writer of The Greatest (laughs) Love Story of All Time, a.k.a. that one Daily Mail article that talked about Rosé Romance. And she has a new book called Harry, Life, Loss, and Love. Um, And it's probably a repurposed version of all the stuff she's written about Harry before with a couple of Megan chapters slapped on the end. That's Mm -hmm. my assumption. But um, recently uh, they published a few places published an excerpt from it, and it was describing their quote-unquote relatively normal home life, and one of the tidbits from it was that apparently they like to stay in while Megan cooks gourmet meals, and they also like to watch the show The Crown together. Oh, wonderful. So, Royals, they're just like us.
0: Indeed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're at all interested... They just it, laugh at random things about... Harry's grandparents. <laughs> well, yeah, or be
1: like, nope, that's not how that went.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're interested but. in this, um,
1: I think it'd probably be a, an interesting primer on, you know, Harry's life if you haven't read a Katie Nickel book before. I might mm-hmm. check it out from the library, see what I can do with it. I don't know that um, I want to pay the probably, like, $30 that they want. Right. I think yeah. on Kindle it's fifteen. That's good. Um, but I'm gonna, again. I'm going to see if the library will, and then if I enjoy it, I will add it to my shelf of royal biographies, which yeah is pretty full <laughs> so far.
0: Yeah, I think she's really good because I think yeah, right. She works. For, she writes for the Daily Mail, so she has kind of a you know sensationalist streak in her writing, but also like she is well researched um, and does manage to find some weird people to provide like weird details like her willing kate book is pretty funny because i'm like where did she find this person that's just like oh yeah they used to have dinner together you know at school and, and this is what they were talking about i'm like where did she find these people
1: <laughs> uh, yeah who knows
0: yeah um pretty
1: good yeah so anyway that's a that's a quick update on that and then you t- how about you tell us that well, when we might see kate next
0: Yeah, so uh, Kate has two more engagements um, that were announced, so this is great. Maybe we'll see some more uh, bump-esque looking outfits that I will obviously like. Uh, But uh, on March 21st, uh, Kate will, according to Kensington Palace, uh, convene a symposium on the importance of early intervention um, to provide solid social and emotional platforms for children in their early years, helping them to become healthier and more resilient later in life and then on march 22nd she'll have some events with william i think that's like an away day yeah it's in islington um so not too far but
1: it's still like i think it was a some engagements that he was planning on doing already and it had been Mm -hmm. announced that he was there and then they just kind of said like probably monitoring her and like how she's feeling and what she feels Mm -hmm. up to and she's like yep i can still make this one so
0: right so she got added Yeah, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much longer she continues to be out and about. But I'm still happy to see her, so... Me too, no, yeah. I don't Because every time that she has a kid, obviously, like, she needs to recover and... She deserves know. to recover. She deserves right. to just
1: nap and chill and stuff.
0: Right, and, like, we know we're going to see her for the royal wedding, so... Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll come back out for that. But it'll be a couple months before we see her again. So, you know, and I, like, get sad. And I'm like, I haven't seen her in so long. I know. And I have Kate withdrawal, like, when she was gone because she was not feeling well because of, you know, uh, acute morning, morning sickness. <laughs> acute morning sickness. We always try I- to think of how to pronounce <laughs> the real Hyper-granesium <laughs> term. Hypergranesium or whatever.
1: HG? Okay. I don't know. And then we always land back on the thing that we know how to say. Extreme morning sickness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Like so she's gone for a while. So I, I will miss her. But well no we'll save for the wedding, so at least I have that to go with. And obviously if she continues to feel well, she'll continue to announce engagements. But until then, we will just see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and then we have a few
1: wedding updates. Yay! Quickly. Um, first is that there was a some major a major development on the I guess the legality of the marriage front. Yeah. So <laughs> Queen Elizabeth has uh, taken the first step to give her official written consent to the marriage between Harry and Meghan. So um, at the March, fin- she had a March fifteenth meeting with the Privy Council, and I hope that Meghan and, as a like a theater nerd, didn't beware the Ides of March too much because I would have been like, oh shoot, like your grandma's going to like her council of like close. Um, Advisors on March fifteenth, is she? And like, I hope she doesn't get like stabbed. Anyway, I'm a nerd. Um, so, uh, this time she, um, gave her official, um, she she had this. I don't know. It's a written declaration, and what it reads is, "I declare my consent to a contract of matrimony between my most dearly beloved grandson, Prince Harry, Charles Albert David of Wales." And Rachel Meghan Markle, which consent I am causing to be signified under the great seal and to be entered in the books of the Privy Council. (sighs) So so it's a very formal declaration, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not the final declaration. So there was a little bit of like hubbub online where people were like, oh, this isn't what it said when she did this for Kate. Like Kate's... um, Obviously, Harry here is described as my most dearly beloved grandson, but Megan doesn't get any adjectives. And people were saying, like, when she wrote about Kate, it said something about, like, trusty and well-loved. And so they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. she likes Kate better. But actually, um, this is just the first of two declarations. The second one is where people can be described as trusty and well-loved or whatever. So hold your horses, drama queens. (laughs) It's fine. And this is actually identical to the phrase, like the phrasing of this um, written announcement uh, to what she wrote for Will and Kate at the same stage. So calm down, people. Um, It's not, I don't know, some websites were like, it's shade. I'm like, no, that's not it. Um, But anyway, Um, and I can quickly touch on this next thing if you want. Perfect. Which is that Harry has reportedly refused to sign a prenup. Um, again, Daily Mail article, take it with a grain of salt. But um, there, as, as a lot of people who follow celebrities uh, and celebrity gossip know, prenups are kind of par for the course, it seems, these days in high net worth um, marriages and engagements. And so a lot of people were expecting there to be a prenup, possibly between Harry and Meghan. And I don't know enough about like what like you can do for a prenup in England. Um, Like, I don't know if the laws are different because, like, it kind of even depends on state here in America. um, Like, what they'll enforce and what they won't. But um, according to this uh, article, I mean, it's they have, like, very romantic nonsense behind it. It's like, he doesn't want a prenup because he knows his love is going to last forever. And it's like, so that's what they say happens. I think it's just more likely that... One, if there's a prenup, why would we ever know about it? They would never announce it unless it was in connection with, like, divorce proceedings. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they wouldn't announce it before the wedding. Like, we don't need to know about it. And second, like, you know, I, it just seems strange to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway... So that's that's a thing that was reported. Yeah. Um, but then, finally, we can talk about the most fun part again. Yay. More <laughs> updates on the Lifetime movie.
0: <sighs>
1: a trailer! We have a teaser trailer! Indeed!
0: And
1: <laughs> when did you see that? When did it pop up again? Like, Friday?
0: I think it was Saturday. I think Friday or Saturday. Because I saw it on, I follow the... Parisha Fitzhenley who plays Megan in the movie and she I saw it on her Instagram and I was like yes
1: yeah I saw it I think just on my it popped up on my Twitter I don't know how like who who's retweeted it but then I started watching it and uh, my husband was on the couch next to me and I was like I clicked play and then I am instantly like buried my head in my hands due to secondhand embarrassment and then like i was like oh god it's so cheesy it's gonna be so cheesy and he's like what are you talking about i was like it's the harry and megan teaser trailer he's like i want to watch and then he's like oh god this looks so stupid you're gonna love it i was like
0: i know (laughs) (laughs) oh it looks amazing there is kissing there is a bed there's a bed there's people in the bed
1: there's a kneeling while eating chicken i mean there's everything (sighs) right it
0: looks it looks fabulous
1: yeah. So if you have not yet had a chance to, to see it, please do yourself a favor. Google it immediately and watch it and just enjoy yourself.
0: Right. Because... Yes. Oh, my God. I can't oh, wait. It looks so great. I know. I was like laughing because uh, yesterday my parents were over and um, my sister was over, too. And she's like, what's the latest with the Royals? And so I gave them the rundown. But then I was like, guys, there's going to be a Lifetime movie. They already filmed it. My parents were like, what? Yeah. Must be terrible, right? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. Duh. Yeah, I was like, the point of lifetime. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love so it. I, yeah, so we will obviously be watching it uh, when it premieres. But uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, the I mean, it's on YouTube. You can easily find it by a quick Google search. Yeah. Um, I guess we could share these types of links on our social media. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if, maybe. I ever, if I, I ever got know. off my butt and retweeted something. We'll see, um, but that's okay because someone else is sharing things on Instagram. I know. Uh, oh, we'll we'll go yeah. down to we'll go down
1: yeah. to the to the to the logical segue here. I was yeah. I was confused. Oh, for a second. I'm sorry,
0: I missed a segment. We can go back.
1: No, let's let's talk about. this. OK, like the present <laughs> to talk about the greatest social media account of our Indeed. generation.
0: I Nate. still haven't figured out a great name for this segment, but let's. What's what's, Ooh, what's Fer- Sarah Ferguson Fergie up to these days? Fergie's photos? Fergie's photos, that's great.
1: It's alliteration. I like it. It's the best I can I, do right now. We'll we'll say Fergie's fo- photos unless something
0: else uh you know, I thought about itself. it at least for 15 minutes <laughs> and couldn't think of anything we did that in like 10 seconds. So, much better. <laughs> All right. So, Fergie's
1: photos. So, yes. <laughs> I'll cover the fir- I mean, what do you want? Do you want to cover both of these or yeah. What if are you, the have other? One, you can you could start. Yeah,
0: you go. So I'll start.
1: Okay. So, um as long-time listeners know, Sarah uh Sarah Ferguson aka Fergie, Duchess of York, she has an amazing Instagram and we love it so much. And she posts about like your average like inspirational photos and quotes. She also always posts about holidays um and other kind of like world events. And, I mean, unfortunately, uh, she, well, I mean, it's not unfortunate. She did um, do a post to, uh, rec- in honor of Stephen Hawking on the day that he died. And it is a picture of him in front of a chalkboard with a bunch of math on it. And it says in her, like, two different types of font, thank you for, and then bigger, making me believe me that every day a dream is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at Stephen Hawking. I'm laughing at this quote. Yeah. So that's all I mean. And so she. I mean. And I mean also R.I.P. Stephen Hawking. We right. told the story about our, you know, our how he helped us bond our friendship forever through indeed. our insensitivity and idiocy. And so he's always, you know, been an important part of our our friendship. And indeed, R.I.P. But like also Fergie. I mean. Thank you for making me believe me that every day a dream is possible.
0: Right. And then she said, yeah, and then the caption she put with the actual, you know, Instagram caption was, my greatest moment was spending time with this genius. What a gift to be able to write that I had a moment with Steven. One of my biggest, most humble seconds of my life. <laughs>
1: hashtag theory of everything. Hashtag Stephen Hawking. Hashtag motor neuron. Motor. Nope. That's neuron not spelled. Disease? But there's an E in it. She added an extra e- mo- oh. motor Ma- neuroni disease. Is it a British thing? Maybe. I don't want to say like she's. But like I would. I don't know. Oh, it is. It is a British it- thing. OK, so that's okay. my bad. I'm not trying to say. I thought that How she added. How can you be so
0: US centric, Jenna?
1: I know. I think Jeez. it's probably like an aluminium type thing. It's like there's yeah. an extra vowel <laughs> that I wouldn't expect to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyway, I do like that. Um. I mean, good. I I do really like the the post and that she she um like I said she keeps you
0: up to, up to date on like what's happening in the world. She does. And um, I mean, especially yeah. if this was a great moment for her, I can see that she might have not been the greatest at writing, you know, her prose. And that's fine. Mhm. Cuz she was obviously very touched by meeting him. Yeah. Um so then tell us about the the happier post. Yes so, uh, our, yes, so the Duchess of York was back uh, for St. Patrick's Day to discuss St. Patrick's Day, obviously, and uh, to talk about it. And uh, someone else might be able to better explain to us why this post makes sense, but Jenna and I are stumped because um, it's a picture of, like, there's a pond and there's, like, a pegasus kind of looking, you know, winged horse. And um, it says... Powers Court, Wicklow Mountains, fly with Pegasus into Saint Patrick's Day, happy days. And that makes no sense to me.
1: <laughs> no, because like Pegasus is like a Greek thing, right? Like right. I mean based on the
0: movie Hercules, which, you know Yeah is what I, mean, I know like, it from. Yeah, and like Powers Court is like apparently a an estate in Ireland. So I get that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and this is obviously must be there, like this Pegasus statue. But there's that. And so that's the first slide. And then you scan over and it says happy. It's like the same picture, slightly different angle. It says, happy St. Patrick's Day, fly with Pegasus and unicorns, dot, dot. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't even know, man. Right. I just, (laughs) I, I'm like, is this something personal that you need to explain to us more? Like, (laughs) i want to see the comments and see if anyone says they just they just are saying
0: happy saint patrick's day to her right because like wicklow mountains are like in like ireland as well it's just it's just weird because it's it's just kind of looks bonk she just looks bonkers when she does some of this stuff because like you look at the first part and there's like a line that separates the text and she has like Fly with Pegasus into Saint, and then there's the line, Patrick's Day, happy days. And her ellipses are only two, and it's just so confusing. So I'm still in awe of her Instagram, but I'm just... I know. It's just a lot. Yeah, but I also appreciate that it is her Instagram and that she's doing it, because it's nice to see someone who's, yeah, not as censored. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like. Just point it out there, you know? Yeah, exactly. She doesn't have a copy editor. Neither do I. Exactly. And like, um, we had talked about, I think it was probably not last episode, but the episode before about Princess Eugenie now has an Instagram account. And we were discussing, like, is it going to be mostly about her causes or will it be personal or a little bit of both? And like, Princess Eugenie, it's both because she even had a post recently about going, doing some wedding. Yeah, she did. So I was like, that's great. So I'm loving seeing inside their lives. <laughs> same, same, same. From the source. So thank you once again, Sarah, for your amazing posts. Continue.
1: You do you. You do you, girl. So I'm, we um, might have
0: laughs along the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will. <laughs>
1: um, jumping back to uh, this, one last little topic to discuss on it or discuss, discuss on um, mm-hmm. is. Uh, This is a WTF Royals uh, uh, interlude, which is kind of more Royals adjacent. But this past week, we learned that the Netflix show The Crown paid its queen, Claire Foy, less than its Philip. Matt Smith, right? That's his name? See, I don't even know, because who cares? I mean, I get it. Doctor Who, blah, blah, he's blah. He's doctor. But, like, the thing is, there are so many more doctors. Like, there are so many doctors. And he's not even, like, the <laughs> one that, like, most people, like, think is the best from, like, our most recent generation, right? I don't know. I
0: don't watch it. Um, I mean... I personally he's my favorite doctor but Is he? Okay. I, it's mostly because of looks like I know most people I think most people would say that um, Isn't David Tennant like the David Tennant would be their their favorite because they love um David Tennant and um Billy um god I'm totally forgetting her Is name Is it the Dang the it. No, the older dude? Um no, Billy god what's her name? Rose, Dr. Who.
1: Oh. Oh, no, sorry. Billy. The person okay. No, yeah. I didn't know. But I was to say like I know there's that and then I know that the guy from the thick of it was Dr. Rose uh,
0: Billy Piper. God. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So who plays Rose Tyler? So they like that that the, pairing that, that pairing together. Um but that's just what I know from big Doctor Who fans. But I'm mostly about looks. So, yeah. it was Matt Smith for me.
1: And, and I, then mean, I stopped
0: watching after yeah. that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect um, to Matt Smith. As I somebody pointed out there was a tweet like why are people people are like tweeting at him and saying you should donate the difference in the salary to like the Times Up movement? And it's like, uh, why don't why aren't we harassing the Netflix people to be like, hey, why don't you retroactively pay Claire Foy for the amazing work she did? Like, right. I'm not saying like again, and it's it kind of contributes to like the narrative that like pay, pay equality for women means that men have to lose. Like, yeah. It's like, again, we're not saying that he should give away his money. Like, if no. he, he got what he, what Netflix said he deserved. But I'm sorry, Matt Smith. Claire Foy deserved twice the amount of money you got.
0: Because she was so freaking good in that. And she was perfect. And she was the literal crown. Well, <sighs> right. And it's like, okay, I get that he's, uh, he was a more established and more famous actor. So, yes, he does. De- he, I mean, there's a certain, There's of, a certain pay grade that he's going to get.
1: Yeah, Um, he gets his quote
0: right, right. But at the same time, it's like she is the queen, so she's obviously doing more work. (laughs) And the other thing, though, is like, okay, even
1: let's just say that for the season one, his quote was higher than her quote. Well, after season one, she got a freaking like Golden Globe nomination, didn't she win? She's the one who like won all the awards because everyone was like, oh my god, she's amazing. So then, why is season two still that bullshit going on? Right, like it's just no. It's dumb and I don't like it. Well, like, for example, okay, uh, coming up in the next season, you know, the, um, like, Helena Bottom Carter is going to be Princess Margaret. So she's, like, the biggest name star there. Like, she's a bigger name star than, uh, again, I can't remember the actress who's playing the queen. Um, God, I always forget her name.
0: But she's, she's like the bigger name. Also, because she's a, yeah. But, like,
1: she, like, Helena Bottom Carter, like, if they were um, bigger name, like, like apples to apples like probably comparing their salaries like I wouldn't be surprised if Helena Bottom Carter is getting like a lot more than like the proportion in proportion to like the Margaret versus like Elizabeth quote for the Mm -hmm. past two seasons but I have a feeling she's gonna be on fewer episodes right and so like it might only be like you know, she gets a million dollars to do two, like a two or three episode arc or whatever. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, yeah. it's like not as expensive, but it's still like higher than whatever. And that makes yeah. sense. But I don't know. It's just dumb. And it's kind of like Netflix. What are you doing? Anyway,
0: right. I'm done. Oh, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Yes. Olivia <laughs> Coleman. I always forget that. That's okay. Yeah, I just I yeah, it's interesting and it's just like, okay, like I get Matt's was the more famous at the beginning. But yeah, once she won, like, I think it was an Emmy. Yeah, she won. At least.
1: She got recognized a lot for her. I think she did win an Emmy and a Golden Globe. Yeah. Then it's like, you know what? She's obviously
0: needs more money.
1: (laughs) And I mean, even regardless of like the, the like trophies, I mean, every critic said that she was amazing and everyone was like, uh, Matt Smith is fine. Right. I mean, people, there were some people who really didn't like his performance, Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't think there was one person who said that she did a bad job. Right. Playing She's fabulous. Queen. So. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Sexism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Oh.
0: Anyway. Well, yeah, they haven't shown who they've casted for Philip. Seems kind of... Matt Smith seemed kind of like he looked a lot like Philip, so it worked really well. And so I think it'll be interesting who they, they choose for the next stage of Philip. But it probably won't be an issue anymore. I think hopefully Netflix has learned their lesson. And especially I think over time people are just gonna be more open about what they're making and that will help put an end to this nonsense.
1: Yeah. Because it only silence only really helps the the employer, you know, Mm -hmm. right keep it down like yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So (sighs) boo. boo. But anyway, we can um we can move on to our main topic. Yeah. Tiaras.
0: Woohoo!
1: Uh, so, kind of uh, just as a, a, a roadmap of where we'll be going on our tiara journey today, um, first I'm going to talk a little bit about the protocol behind like who can wear a tiara and what tiaras usually look like for brides. And then I think mm-hmm. we'll go through some of the more famous tiaras worn by royal brides in the past. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to round it out with our predictions for Megan and what the yes. possibilities are. Mm-hmm. So Yay. to start again, this is just an overview and I uh, took this from a town and country article, this information from a town and country article um, where they interviewed a jeweler who is obviously like works for a very posh jeweler in England. So he is uh Uh, sold to you as a an expert on this type of stuff. And there are two main things that I think were important to learn from him. First is that um, tradition dictates kind of in England. I mean, there's no like real rules, but I don't see that a lot of people go against this, that uh, a woman only wears a tiara uh, when she's a bride or when she's already married. So, for example, if for some reason Megan were invited to a white tie event, she would not wear a tiara even if other people did because she is not currently married. Similarly, even if it's a I don't know if it's different if it's a princess of like the royal blood like Princess Anne back in the day, um it might it might be, but I feel like um for a lot of people who are minor aristocrats like are you know not princesses but are still aristocrats they still have to abide by the rule like no no ring no tiara something like that um second is that this person said that there's no real rule about what kind of tiara can be worn on a wedding day like there's no standard of how high it can or can't be or like how blingy or how like what materials it needs to be made out of or motifs it needs to have, but, um, he did note that a majority of, uh, brides, um, and royal brides included in that kind of have some sort of floral motif on their tiara. So there's some sort of like flower element or leaf element. And we definitely see that, uh, reflected in when we look at a lot of the, uh, crowns or the tiaras worn by the people. Oh, and the difference between a crown and a tiara is that a crown is like, um, part of it's like it's like part of the regalia like it's significant because it denotes like the ruler of the country or the ruler of the um like principality or whatever Mm -hmm. versus a tiara which is just like a pretty thing that signifies you um are a bride or a married woman and you have a lot of money yeah yeah there's not like it's not like you can't wear that if you're not um like you don't have to be royal to wear a tiara, but you do obviously have to be like the queen to wear the crown. So right. anyway, um we will start, I guess, talking about some of the more famous family tiaras. Yeah. So to speak.
0: So why don't you do you feel comfortable talking us through Queen Mary's fringe tiara? I do. All right. Yes, because this one always makes me so happy. Uh because I and I will quickly use a way to describe this if you've never seen this one is try to think about uh if you've seen the cartoon Anastasia (laughs) yeah good one this yes this is a way that and obviously you can look this one um is uh and this one is uh one that we've seen Queen Elizabeth wear a few times before yeah and and this uh, is the one she wore for her wedding exactly um but yes this looks a lot like the one Anastasia wears at um the end when she's like I am the lost Duchess. And And you know, like this beautiful sparkly tiara.
1: I'm so glad you made this because if you see my second bullet point of notes, this fringe style was popularized by the Romanovs. Yeah. So that's why like (laughs) all these tiaras that came about, like in like the turn of the century, like the 20th century, um, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden people were like, Ooh, we want this kind of like fringe tiara. So there's a whole bunch of them. Um, and they were all because someone in Russia was like, I want that. And then everyone's like copying. So yeah, makes sense that Anast- Anastasia would be wearing one in the cartoon.
0: Indeed, yes. Um, but yeah, so that kind of that bar style is uh, what this makes up this tiara. And it's ordinary, alternating bars of diamonds. There's 47 um, of them going up to a point. And yep, it's based off of a Romanov um style and uh this one was commissioned um by uh queen mary of tech um who is george v's wife and uh queen elizabeth ii's grandmother so you've might have if you haven't read um what is it called matriarch Uh, matriarch that is a book about her but also she is featured in the crown as well if you she's
1: the one who bows all in black and is a chain smoker
0: yeah and writes that that letter that, like, just brings me to tears every time I watch that episode where she's like, you are the crown. and Exactly. You know, <sighs> you will have to choose the crown and blah, blah, blah. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, so these, the diamonds are from a necklace that Queen Victoria gave to Mary as a wedding present. And um, Queen Mary gave this tiara to the Queen Mum. In 1936, and then she gave it to Queen Elizabeth, yes, for her wedding in 1947. And uh, obviously, Queen Elizabeth inherited it after her mother's death in 2002. And a fun fact is about that if you look at the tiara before and after her wedding, it looks a little different because it actually broke the day of Queen Elizabeth's wedding and they had to have it quickly mended. Thankfully, there was someone to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what kind of wedding has like a jeweler, like an emergency jeweler? Um, right. And so that's, I mean, that's one that will. Cause yeah, when they put it on, it snapped and yeah. <laughs> they were able to kind of rig it together for purposes mm-hmm. of the ceremony.
0: Yeah. And then, like mother, like daughter, uh, Princess Anne wore this for her first wedding in 1973. Uh, so this one is a yeah, a really gorgeous tiara. I think Queen Elizabeth has two similar tiaras. So she has this one, and then she has one that's actually that's even like that's more like the Anastasia, like it's much taller. The bars, yeah, are. yeah. Um, but this one is definitely, I think, a little bit more appropriate for a royal bride because it's not it's it's like it's like blingy, but it's not like overwhelming. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I agree. I love this one. Next, I will talk about the tiara
1: worn by Harry's mother, Diana, on her wedding day. So this is another family tiara, but um, it's not from the royal family. It's from Diana's family, the Spencers. So, um, if you, speaking of the biographies we've, we've read and loved, um, most of the, uh, biographies of Diana will kind of explain the odd situation in that her family, the Spencers, they're like Eng- roots in England go back further than the Hanover, the like Kings starting with like King George, the first, second and third, who were actually from Hanover in Germany. So like the Spencers were in England longer than arguably the people who were the ancestors of the Royal family. And so that's kind of like a snobbish, like point of contention, apparently. Um, but, So this is uh, the Spencer Tiara, and it was um, to kind of describe it. If uh, obviously you can look up a photo, we'll be posting photos as much as we can um, to our Instagram account so that you can look them up easily but yeah we'll put
0: them in order so as you watch or as you listen to the show you can kind of if you do want to scroll through but obviously we know you guys are all capable of googling these as well especially these
1: ones where like they have names so if you google the spencer tiara i mean there are actually a a lot of spencer tiaras but this is the spencer tiara Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like a swirls of diamonds but with a floral motif as well it's very um, romantic, and so its I would say it's almost the polar opposite of the crown that Queen Elizabeth wore, which is very geometric and straight and um, orderly. This one is very much more romantic and swirly and, um, I don't know, curvy. Uh, so it was made from jewelry that was in the Spencer family since the 1870s and was turned into the tiara that it was on the day Diana... Uh, or Turned into the tiara we know um, by the 1930s. Nobody knows exactly what. And apparently what people would do is like, again, talking about Queen Elizabeth's uh, wedding tiara. Like, you just are going to take a necklace that Queen Victoria gave you and like, re- like take out the diamonds and like, redo it. I would feel awkward. But that's apparently what people did. Yep. Take the stones and, you know, reset them. So um, that came into being in the 1930s. And, um... By the time the 1981 came around, it belonged to Diana's father, who lent it to her for the wedding. Um, after her father passed away, um, it was inherited by the current Earl, which is Diana's brother. And so they um, believe that it, the tiara was uh, put on display with a lot of Diana's um, famous outfits and things to kind of like recognize her life achievements and in museums and stuff like that. But recently it was put back into the vault at Althorpe. And so there it remains as far as we know.
0: Yeah. So the next one is for uh, what Kate wore on her wedding day, which is the Cartier Halo tiara. And um, and this one, it has scroll elements. And um, I never quite understood what that meant until I actually like Googled scrolls and saw like scroll elements on like... Um, and just on Google to look at like it's kind of swishy, kind of the feeling. Yeah, and like they, if
1: you if you've yeah. ever played the violin or seen a violin, like the the part at the end with the pegs in it, that's called the scroll. So it's like a yeah. woo, like I, <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful. Me yeah. making a noise like that. <laughs> I come think on. We're doing
0: better than usual. In yeah, describing again, it. I like tried really hard
1: <laughs> to like actually take notes about how to describe it, so I wasn't grasping at straws. But yeah. making a woo noise probably isn't helping anyone. Yeah.
0: Uh. <laughs> but uh there's just if, there's not a lot of diamonds there's only 739 brilliant cut diamonds oh my god and Ugh. only 149 baguette cut diamonds on on this tiara so not a lot just i mean god um. is it even a tiara <laughs> there that just right. doesn't seem like enough i mean it's not even going over 2000 you know uh, so, yeah, super blinged out. And uh, this one was made, obviously, by uh, Cartier in 1936. And it was an anniversary gift uh, from King George VI, uh, who was then the Duke of York, uh, to his wife, um, uh, Queen... El- or I guess it was Elizabeth Parker. Um, the Queen Mother. And, yeah, the Queen Mother. Yeah. And, uh, who, yeah, our Queen Elizabeth Terence. And um, Princess Margaret wore this. And she was one who kind of wore this the most. At the yeah, point. when she we was nev- we never seen Queen Elizabeth actually wear this. Um, oh, this so tiara.
1: sorry to interrupt, but this answers my earlier question. Obviously, oh, yeah. she wasn't married at this time, and so she was wearing a tiara, so she yeah. was allowed to do that. Yeah. So I think like that's the that's the difference. Is like maybe it's because it's like a coronation. Yeah, like I know that both yeah. both of them wore like little okay. miniature type crowns for their father's coordination because they're like really mm-hmm. cute and yeah. stuff um but yeah so i i'm guessing that yeah a princess can kind of do what she wants over her tiara <laughs> but
0: yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah princess margaret wore this to her sister's uh coordination in 1953 and yeah it hadn't been seen in a while and so this was what yeah kate decided to wear on her wedding day and yeah it's definitely not it's very simple it didn't overpower i felt like kate's outfit Um, Because obviously Kate had the veil kind of sewed into it. And Mm -hmm. I thought that worked really well since it wasn't, you know, the most. Because I think a lot of people expected Kate to wear either the Spencer or the Lover's Knot right, on her wedding day. And I was like, those are, like, the Spencer maybe. But, I mean, who knows? We we can discuss that a little bit why we may or may not think Megan might wear that. Um, but I was like, the lover's knot is not coming out for the wedding day.
1: <laughs> no, oh my God. I mean, it's also apparently really uncomfortable to wear. So like right. on your wedding day, you're obviously, I mean, though though they did change, like Kate changed at a certain point, she's still like, mm-hmm. you have to like put that in and then you have your hair done around it. Like it's in for the whole day and it better not be like super uncomfortable and noisy and all that stuff.
0: Right, and Kate had to have the this tiara is like sewed into her hair yeah on that on her wedding day so like right. can you imagine like trying to like sew in the other one it's just like no not oh. happening also this like this is a great starter tiara <laughs> yes it is it's perfect it's like really good for all day wear right um,
1: <laughs> yeah so um we haven't seen Kate wear this tiara again though have we
0: no we haven't which i'm a little surprised but um i mean it might just be that it's like okay you know what this was great for when i was a new princess but i've kind of you know by the time you know it was at least a couple of years before we saw her in another tiara after right she was married and maybe it was just like you know what i'm high enough i don't need i've outgrown this one and all of all of its meager you know 900 diamonds
1: <laughs> yeah or maybe it's just more like you know she's gonna save it for a special occasion um mm-hmm. you know she might pull it back out um Next time that there's like a real public occasion to wear it, but I I wouldn't you know I'm not surprised if also like I don't want to wear my wedding dress over again well, you right. know like it might just be like a thing she
0: was really happy to wear once yeah it's, and it's then, very sentimental right <laughs> the yeah first tiara yeah we I mean I don't think Queen Elizabeth wore the fringe tiara all that often no after. I don't think so either I think I've seen her a lot more in later years wearing it
1: right it's a, and it's again it's just because it's a beautiful like. I mean, it's it's kind of like it it goes with the style she was going for, but yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. And obviously, as yep. the queen, she has a lot more like occasions on which she can and does wear a tiara than yeah, like Kate. A lot of
0: options. <laughs> um. So yeah. So
1: those are three examples of like what we'll call family tiaras that have been pulled out for royal weddings. Um, and then in researching kind of what the other options were, I I figured out that what I'm going to call it is there, you can either have a quote unquote new tiara or you can buy used by which I mean, you can buy a tiara from another famous rich lady. That was, you know, an antique um, so it's like new to you. It's not a family heirloom, but it also wasn't, you know, made new or repurposed from pre-existing jewelry. Um, so a good example of that is Princess Margaret's uh, tiara. So she purchased the Pultimore tiara in for £5,500 in 1960 in anticipation of her wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was originally made for uh, another fancy lady, uh, Florence I don't know how to say this. Bamfield. Bamfield. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably. It's I like it. Crazy. Who's also known as Lady Pultmore. And it was made around 1870. Um, fun fact, just so you can kind of picture it. It's what the uh, the tiara that the corgi in our logo is wearing. I based on this tiara. Because I think it's fun. And it's really swirly and bright. And there's flowers. And it's kind of higher um, yeah. than the Queen's and Kate's. And Diana's, which are all kind of low-profile things, but this worked really well because um, Princess Margaret wore kind of a beehive hairdo. I mean, it was the 60s, um, like, look. And so it went really well with her uh, her whole vibe on her wedding. Um, so after uh, Princess Margaret passed away, apparently her children were hit with a, a rather large estate tax bill. And so, the, unfortunately, they... Well, I don't know. They they made the decision to sell the Pultzmore Tiara. Um so in 2006 it went up for auction and it was purchased for 1.7 million dollars. Um so I'm going to guess that this is not an option on the table for Meghan to wear unless like whoever bought it was actually like Queen Elizabeth or mm-hmm. um I don't know, secretly someone who's friends with Meghan. Yeah. So, like maybe it's posh spice who bought it and And so she'll lend it to her friend. But I really don't, you know, think that this is what we'll see. But I do think it's an interesting um, peek into how, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a family piece. You can buy an old uh, tiara with prominence, and that's, you know, great craftsmanship, but it doesn't have to come through your family necessarily.
0: Right. And, I mean, even looking at the tiara, I just think it really is, like, so Princess Margaret. It's it's so her. It's so like big and dramatic, dramatic, yeah, (laughs) regal and like just yet
1: loud. It's so cool and it's so fun, yeah. Um, So definitely great.
0: Yes. (laughs) Okay. So um, yeah. So it, it as we discussed, yeah, they don't always have to be something that you know comes from, you know, is from like 1870 or someone bought a million years ago or whatnot. Um, And we see that in two cases of some of future daughter-in-laws of the queen. Uh, For example, Sarah, Duchess of York, our Instagram queen, Mm -hmm. um, who had for her wedding day, a brand new tiara, the York diamond tiara, um, which has kind of this. Yeah. It it has once again, kind of that floral um, kind of look about it. And um, it's similar. I always think it looks really similar kind of to the lotus papyrus It does. Um if you that's the kind of the other um TR that Kate has worn um to kind of diplomatic receptions because it's got kind of that um it's kind of a thin or more dainty and then it kind of rises up and then there's kind of a it's like a fan. A big, yeah, exactly. And then there's like a big diamond kind of in the middle at the top. And um yeah, this one is kind of is is you can tell that it's kind of gold and which not which which works really well with, uh, Sarah Duchess of York, and uh, it's apparently it was commissioned from Gerards, and uh, the Queen purchased it for Sarah for her wedding day, and um, she did get to keep it after the divorce, so she still owns it, and as far as we know has not done anything with it, and this is what Sarah wore frequently, pr- practically almost her entire time as a royal, and. Um, so this one was yeah, her signature one and I could definitely I don't see Megan wearing this one. No. Because yeah, it's not it's not it's not technically really part of the royal family anymore. And I could definitely see, especially with Eugenie getting married, that it's gonna be likely, more likely that one of the York daughters will wear it. would yeah, I wouldn't be I su- I wouldn't
1: be surprised if Eugenie had this one on. Because yeah. it's a really beautiful uh tiara and it's mm-hmm. you know it's of kind of a good connection to all members of her family so right
0: exactly and it and yeah it was the intention was for it to be made for a royal bride so what better way to bring it back than to wear it again at a royal wedding exactly i think this one is meant for a royal wedding just maybe not Meghan and harry's and so Sophie has um, another kind of and this one, I think, is this one I kept reading that people apparently are just baffled by this one.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I count myself among those
0: people. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Because compared to like a lot of the other um, ones. But this one, I kind of like to think it, it literally is made of four different parts that are all practically all the same. Because um, there's two kind of um, scroll work kind of pieces on the ends. And it's really dainty. Like the band on it is almost like a headband. Yeah. Like a really thin band. Um, and I want to chalk this up more to the year that she got married more than anything. It looks it looks dated. It doesn't look like a classic tiara. It definitely looks like it's from like 1984.
1: <laughs> it looks like somebody took their great grandmother's like amazing, beautiful Victorian necklace and then just like soldered it on to like a wire hanger. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really harsh right. on this, but I was well, like,
0: what is happening? But yeah, but it did, it come, the jewelry from it and whatnot came from the private collection of Queen Elizabeth. So it does have, you know, obviously some symbolism and some, you know, history to it. But yeah, it's really thin. And then it has kind of these repeating kind of, I don't know, it's got kind of like leaves almost. I want to say leaves, like scroll work kind of. Yeah. Leaves. It's,
1: again, it's kind um, of like fanned out. It's not,
0: yeah, it's really hard to, t- it's like filigree. Yeah. If people know what that is. That's a good is. way to think about it. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, Sophie also wore it with, obviously, a veil and everything. Um, but we don't have particularly a lot of information about why it was made and whatnot. But, um, yeah, once again, that was kind of, I think, probably Sophie's style. And um, she's worn this one again, but she has kind of tapped other more beautiful <laughs> <laughs> ones in The the future, (laughs) right? So I've definitely liked a lot of other uh, tiaras that Sophie has worn since, Um, because I think she wears. There's like an aquamarine kind of one that she wears frequently that I really like. I can't remember which one that is, but uh, definitely like it a lot more. Um, But this one I definitely think is more a uh, victim of time that of the time that they got married than anything. Because to me, it more looks like something. It doesn't look. It just doesn't look as expensive and as nice as. I think a lot of the other tiaras, but um, sorry, Sophie, and I'm sure it means a lot to you and your beautiful wedding day. And your marriage has lasted, so yeah, so you win. Yeah, so you win.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, then I'll wrap up by kind of talking about another more recent tiara that is yeah. is obviously like a very like a uh, very recently uh, created one for somebody who isn't necessarily of royal blood per se. Um, and that was uh, Pippa had a tiara at her wedding. And if you remember all the way back to our very first episode, that was when we discussed um, Dear Pippa's wedding. And uh, we remarked then upon this uh, headpiece she was wearing, which is a custom uh, tiara by uh, Robinson Pelham, which is a jeweler um, that Kate had used to commission some earrings for Pippa uh, to wear during the royal wedding. And so she had gotten these beautiful earrings that had um, kind of a acorn motif and other things that were kind of symbolic of the newly created Middleton family crest. And so she had gone to Robinson Pelham to get those earrings. And so then Pippa, obviously knowing that they did a great job on those, went back to them to get a tiara made for her wedding. And um, so even though Pippa wasn't, you know, getting married to a royal, she knew that there were going to be a lot of eyes on her and who can blame her? She also has, you know, that million dollar book deal so she can uh, afford to get some bling for herself for her wedding. Um, So she... What she ended up doing, I think, was really smart because she knew, like, obviously, she showed up wearing, like, what you would think of as a classic tiara shape. If she had grow- shown up wearing a fringe tiara or anything that looked like Kate's uh, tiara from her wedding, people would be like, Who does she think she is? She's not royal. And she would have been, you know, subject to even more scrutiny than she already is. Mm-hmm. So instead, she went with this beautiful, like, fern um, motif, which is, like, it's called the Maidenhair Fern Tiara. And it's really, really low profile, by which it, it almost looks like a headband. There's a little bit um, up in the front that kind of comes up off that makes it. You can tell it's not actually just a, a headband, and um, it was really delicate and a nice. So it's another example of somebody who you know has a lot of public eyes on what she might wear as a headpiece, and so therefore, you know, Megan's. Um, kind of keeping an eye on that and doesn't end up wearing something that um, has you know family significance or is an heirloom tiara or an antique tiara that's i think something that would she would keep in mind um she's probably not going to go out and design her own like ostentatious amazing you know beauty pageant queen gigantic uh ultimate grand supreme it won't crown. say like
0: in diamonds like Megan (laughs) no it won't it should
1: but it won't so um yeah so yeah so that's what I think but um there are lots of great tiaras and now we get to discuss what we think Megan will do we we don't know (laughs) we didn't reveal these to each other we did not
0: but we may agree I have a feeling we'll at least agree on one
1: yeah so I mean I only have so of the four-ish that so I picked out four and one of them again is uh more for like this is what I think she would design if she designed her own. So why don't you pick, okay. uh, go to pick number four,
0: pick number four,
1: pick okay. number four. Cause that's the one that's like, maybe a uh, maybe.
0: Okay. So you so think it's, this is one.
1: That's the one that she would design off of, I think, because okay. she obviously doesn't right, own sure. it.
0: So yeah. did you open okay. it? Is it a Pinterest page? I do. Yes. I see it. It's so kind this, they kind of the, Oh yeah. Go ahead. Describe this.
1: it. So this is a tiara. <laughs> that was one of the two owned by princess grace of Monaco so this is obviously something that's not in megan's hands or her ability to get the actual tiara it's currently owned by um uh, princess grace's daughter but it's a very kind of simple um again low profile low-key but still gorgeous tiara mm-hmm. and so it was something that was really that a, princess grace really liked to wear um because it wasn't as ostentatious It was easy to wear because it was lighter than Mm -hmm. some of the other crowns she had to borrow. And it had this beautiful, it looks like it's, um, it's like if you, you know, like a festoon of a curtain, like a swag of a curtain that goes that, but you like flipped it upside down. So it's like curves of diamonds in three bands Mm -hmm. going across. And I just really like it. And I could imagine Megan wearing something similar as kind of a nod to another actress turned princess.
0: Yeah, I can see that as well. Yeah, I like that because it looks modern. It does. But it also looks, yeah, very classic and not like, yeah, not above, the not over the top, kind of like the Princess Margaret Pultimore um, t- tiara. Yeah. So, oh, that's beautiful. I've actually never seen that before. And I'm looking at pictures of Princess Grace wearing it and it's gorgeous.
1: It's very beautiful. Yeah, so um, rocking it. um we will, again, we will be posting photos so you can see our guests. Oh, yes. <laughs> do you want me to keep going or do you want to reveal one?
0: Um... I think you. We should keep going with you. Okay, so yeah. should I do
1: the royal family one or the?
0: I think yeah. Do the royal. Sure. F- or, what, what was your other one? My was other was ones other are like...
1: two, um, two kind of heirloom or like design inspiration. Gotcha. Wise.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do the do more inspiration and then maybe do the. Fi- okay. The... Does All that right. make sense?
1: Yes. So why okay. don't you pick uh, number two? Okay. Number so let's two? pick two.
0: Oh, I'm going to Sotheby's.
1: So this is Sotheby's. <gasps> Ooh. So this okay. is a. I want uh, it. I know. I know. <laughs> so let me pull up my notes. I took my notes in my notebook, and now I've got a result. Uh, so this is a. Is, this is a tiara that um, was sold in 2006, and this is why I had to know what the heck CHF was because it was which is. Um, the denotation for um, Swiss francs, so like how U.S. dollars, it's USD. So it was sold in 2006 for 78,000 Swiss francs, a.k.a. it's $78,000. So if anyone wants to lend me more than that to buy it now, just let me know. Uh But I think this is a beautiful tiara um, because it, uh, for several reasons, and I think, like, you know, it's possible that somebody in the royal family bought it, And it's been saved for Harry's Bride. I think it's a little unlikely um, Mm -hmm. But I think that She could definitely take Inspiration from it So this is the um, What is it called? The Hesketh Floral Tiara. So it was owned By uh, the Dowager Lady Hesketh Whose uh, other name is uh, Christian Mary McEwen, And she uh, Not only was obviously like a person of nobility, she uh, eventually had an order of the British Empire and she was a politician. And so I think that, again, Meghan could look to a tiara like this because it was once owned by a very strong, powerful woman who was involved in in the political sphere, Um, but also because of what this looks like. So it is Full of symbolism for the different kingdoms of the United Kingdom and Great Britain. So in the very center, there is a English rose that's completely. I mean, this is everything covered in diamonds, by the way. Yeah. So it's an English rose that's in the center. Then to um, there are, they call them five foliate sprays, according to the Sotheby's description. Um, so it's flanked on either side by... Um, A thistle plant and a a shamrock plant. So as a nod to Scotland and to Ireland. And so as we know, you know, the royals really love to include symbolism of of their kingdom wherever they can. And I can definitely see Megan throwing in some touches like this to her tiara. If she were to design one, um, she would want to make sure there was something that represented her adopted country, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But again, also this one is just absolutely gorgeous, and I want it. Oh my it.
0: god, it's beautiful! Like the thistles, like what? They I know, so real. They do. It's um, god, it's
1: amazing. Yeah, some more history on this one. It was. Let me see where was the more details because it was designed in the early, It's circa early 19th century, so that means early 1800s. Um, and yeah, it's it's really cool yeah and
0: I <laughs> yeah that's gorgeous I would love it yeah that's
1: amazing. all right you want me to keep going
0: I think so all right yeah. so now
1: click on um number one so okay. this one this is the one that I think honestly if Megan were to show up wearing an heirloom tiara that wasn't like a for in the royal family this would be what it would be okay and I will present my case now okay so, this is a what I'm going to call another used tiara that was uh, created by Gerard and Company, at, circa 1880, and it was sold at auction by Christie's on November 30th, 2016. So, uh, it was uh. right after <laughs> Harry and Meghan <laughs> went public with their relationship and I think we all agree that the minute they went public with their relationship, we knew they were getting married eventually. We just didn't know yeah. exactly when, but the timing lines up. They were dating. Harry was definitely serious about her. And then this tiara goes up for auction. The second piece of evidence um, that I'll use is that it didn't, I mean, it wasn't cheap by any means, but it wasn't crazy. It wasn't, you know, 1.7 oh. million. It was sold uh, for 32 thousand five hundred pounds, which is approximately forty thousand five hundred and sixty US dollars. So I would say, honestly, if you adjusted Princess Margaret's for inflation, it'd probably be that like it wouldn't be that far off the cost of them. Mm -hmm. And so to describe this a little bit is uh, it's the what Christie said was it's two opposing foliate sprays, each entirely set with very shaped old cut diamonds. And so pretty much what that means in English is there's like a kind of like a leaf floral pattern going out in along the headband part of it. And then at the top, there's this like, again, fanned out section that's got these beautiful um, antique cut diamonds. And so, again, this isn't something that I'd necessarily peg automatically for megan but i do think it would look really beautiful if she did a dramatic updo kind of like prince not a beehive like princess margaret but i think it would look really great against her dark hair and i think that it would be um if she kind of decided to go the more romantic route and especially with a very uh, a simpler dress this would be really striking Mm -hmm. um also it um detaches to form two brooches so the royals love a piece of jewelry that transforms itself and can be used more than, you know, on certain occasions. And since Megan, you know, again, won't have a ton of excuses to wear a tiara, um, she could like to have something like this that she could kind of take apart and wear as an ornament, you know, in more regular functions. A non-white tie functions, I should say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and so then two quick final facts is that there uh there's not much known about the prom- uh provenance of this like it's they don't know who or they don't say Christie's didn't say who owned it but it was quote property of a lady unquote and oh, it has a total weight of between 28 and 32 carats of diamonds so mm-hmm. <laughs> I would I would wear this. Yeah. So much. I love this one. I think it's beautiful. it's beautiful. Again, maybe I'm just like projecting and I want it and so I'm saying Megan would wear it, but Um I think it's a I don't think it's It's out there again, and also just the date of sale. I'm like, ooh, that was—it's
0: conspicuous. It might have just been like, well, it's gonna happen. I've got you know forty grand. I might as well. And again, my tiara.
1: Like it's not again. Forty grand is a lot of money. I don't want to sound like I'm saying that that's something someone could throw at it. But like for her engagement photo, she wore a seventy thousand dollar dress.
0: Right. And not she that she paid 50, that, but Yeah. And she was make and she makes fifty thousand dollars an episode on suits. Mm-hmm. So it's like one episode of suits. So Right. She could've done it.
1: <laughs> and if the queen were to buy it for her for a gift, it's yeah, not totally it. out of the picture. You right. never know. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's yeah. my that's my um choices. And then do you want the final one, the family heirloom? Of course. Okay, so the Family Heirloom, I guess, is pick number three. Pick
0: number three?
1: Okay. And it's a animated GIF um, okay. because it's the best I could find of it. And it is um, a tiara known by or owned by the Queen Mother, and it's mm-hmm. known as the Art Deco Bracelet Bandeau, and it's by Cartier. And so I think that this is a, a decent choice because, one, we know that Kate's tiara was... One that was owned by the Queen Mother. Two, we know that the Queen Mother loved Harry very much and was very close with him. And so he might want his bride to wear something uh, from her on her wedding day as her something uh, borrowed or her something old. And also, I think that this is kind of a lesser known um, tiara. Because similar to Kate, like nobody had really expected Kate to be wearing uh, what she did. And. Yes. So it was kind of like, oh, oh, we know what that one is. We recognize like the people who really understand, who really know their royal jewels were like, oh, they we could identify that one. But nobody had really picked it out. And so mm-hmm. I think Meghan would probably go the same route is pick something a little bit lesser known. Um, she doesn't want to necessarily, again, wear like the Cambridge lover's knot, which is so iconic and so associated yeah. with uh, Harry's mother. Um, I think she'd probably want to more subtly pay tribute to his mom Mm -hmm. and so i think this would be a really uh beautiful way to to do it and also this is a little bit different it's more like a headband Mm -hmm. um and it could be really beautiful beautiful if it were incorporated into the hairstyle
0: um well it's funny you ended on that one because we'll we can move on to mine and we can continue discussing oh you picked this one too I did. I well on my list. It was what would surprise me but make me so happy.
1: Yeah. Because oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> so that
0: was my choice. Was the her yeah the Cartier bracelet bandeau. Yeah, exactly. I I totally agree. I would love her to wear this because I think it would be a way for her to yeah wear something that's ha- you haven't seen in a while, has a lot of um, history behind it. And since it was something that, yeah, she got these bracelets, you know, at, for a couple of years as gifts and then was able to turn this into kind of, yeah, a headband. And right. I think, yeah, Megan might not be like, I don't want to wear a full blown tiara, but taking, you know, a sapphire, a ruby uh, and diamonds and all of that and emeralds and putting that in her hair. I think especially if she did a more simple dress, I think that would like a little bit of pop of color might look really awesome on her. Right. And so great, yeah, especially with her hair and everything. So that was my choice of. I would be very surprised if she wore this one, but since it's not, you know, that typical, you know, princess kind of look, um, but I think it would still look amazing on her. I agree, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with what I want her to wear, and so mine are all from the Royal Vault. Okay. Um, so if you want to click that one,
1: which is it? The first one.
0: Yep, the first one. Okay. Um, so what I want her to wear is I want her to wear the Queen Mary's fringe tiara. Oh yes. This is this is what I want. I want the Anastasia. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. So, yes. I think it is And
1: then he, she'll call him Dimitri and They'll do that, and then What's they'll make those?
0: out on a train, and yeah, the train, will, the train at Windsor Station will just kind of leave, and it'll be amazing. And then
1: they'll like <laughs> dance with ghosts, right? Isn't that what happened? I can't, re- I honestly haven't seen that movie in forever.
0: <laughs> I think they dance with ghosts earlier. Yeah, <laughs> but still, when she goes into the palace, yeah, like breaks yep, in or yep. something. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think this one is gorgeous. Um, I think it's unlikely she will wear this because I think even the queen. Since the Queen wore this and also um, Princess Anne um, wore this, but I would, this would be my number one choice if I got to choose, because I yeah. think it would look amazing on Megan. It would look so regal, and I get that. It, and it's not particularly her style, too. This is me more going, this is what I would want to wear on my wedding day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it would be this, the Queen Mary's fringe tiara. Um, so I think it would look great. And I even, and it's because when I think about what, if Kate should wear this. Um, tiara, and I'm not as in love with it. With what if Kate would wear it, but I really think it would work better with Megan. So um, I really like this one, and I think even with the history behind it, it could still work. And especially if she does go with a more dramatic dress, this would this you should just bring it out. Just go for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but what I expect her to pick, and that's the next link, is um, I do, and I accidentally use the wrong link so um I will actually move and this one's actually similar to the one that you had from Sotheby's um which is the um and I'll also do the link is the um Strathmore Rose Tiara oh yes
1: that's Um, another one I had on my short list
0: yes and so this one I've always expected Kate to wear this one Um, because it really is a great starter tiara Um, and this one is one that the queen Mum received as a gift from her father right before she got married and um, before she married uh, king george the sixth or at the time he was just the duke of york Um, and it's just a really great starter tiara because it's got it's really dainty it's got roses on it and um, it's not like overwhelming but it's also one you can wear on the top of your head but also since it was the 20s, um, the Queen Mother also frequently wore it on her forehead.
1: Yeah, like a front headband thing. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I don't know how you
0: describe that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so that I expect, this is what I expect her to wear. And then, because it hasn't been seen in an extremely long time. Um, I think it's a great start tiara, kind of like how Kate wore the um, Cartier Squirrel. Um, I think it's dainty enough. It's not heavy. It can really kind of blend into her hair and not overtake her look. And I feel like that's the kind of what I imagine what Megan's going to wear is that she's not going to want something that's like has a wowza like part to her. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of look. Yeah. (laughs) As you sometimes say from Tim Gunn. Right. Um, And so I feel like this one would go really well um, and be something that she can even um, bring out in the future. If she wants to kind of have it be her her tiara that she kind of wears for events and whatnot going forward. Since sometimes it appears that they continue to wear their wedding tiara beyond that. Kind of like how Sophie would wear her, wears her tiara frequently. Um, not as much now, but did after she got married. And same with um, Fergie. So I believe she's going to wear the Strathmore rose uh, if she does pick from the family vault. Since it would be a shame to leave this one in... The vault (laughs) yeah it is too gorgeous and i if kate hasn't worn it yet megan needs to snap it up because it's gorgeous and i think she could really make it work so well
1: yeah and so based on what i read it was the strathmore rose tiara was kind of in the running for something kate would was gonna wear on her Mm. wedding day and reading more about it i think one of the deciding factors might have been that the the metal used on the tiara is gold rather than silver Uh And I think ultimately, like, you know, you kind of have to pick a lane and go like you pick one. You rarely mix medals, especially if you're a royal, I would think. Um, So I think it was kind of just determined that silver was how they were going to go with Mm -hmm. Kate's wedding. And this one, the again, the medal is a really kind of like beautiful gold, like light gold. And I honestly think it would look really beautiful again on Megan's hair. And just, like, I could see her going with a more gold motif than with a silver.
0: I think we've heard her say she prefers gold. Yeah,
1: And so I think that that's something that would go really well with um, just kind of, I could see her totally wearing this and building her whole outfit around it. Also, I Mm -hmm. like, picturing this tiara matched with Kate's wedding dress, I just don't think, I mean, they would have looked pretty together, but it's just not the same. Like this, they were both a little bit too, like this would have been too, it would have been too much floral for her because of the, all the beautiful lace on her dress. Mm -hmm. It would have been kind of clashing. Whereas like if we, as we, I think kind of both predict, Megan goes a little bit more simple with her dress material. Um, She could really pull off a, a more ornate and romantic tiara
0: yeah and i i think like a lot of times you see where it's like for kate she has the tiara and then it's been like kind of the veil is straight behind the tiara mm-hmm. i can see if megan is going to wear a veil i can see her more wearing a veil underneath her like if she does put her hair up like under oh yeah her, her bun or whatnot oh yes right right on top of her head like i can't see megan having it over the top of her head i can see it kind of being under it's
1: um, like how i wore my veil <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well yeah because it is it's it's um and i can't see you could i feel like you can't wear i feel like it would look weird to wear this tiara as a wedding tiara with a veil straight behind it yeah it's not
1: as yeah i agree i totally agree Mm -hmm. but i do i mean and again this one was on my short list i definitely saw it on a lot of other people's predictor lists
0: Um, definitely on the predictor list so i'm also like oh is it not coming with because it's been so talked about but I also can see why it has been, because it is a really great starter tiara.
1: <laughs> well, everyone loves it. And again, it, ha- it kind of hits all the right points. Like, again, it's uh, an heirloom from the Queen Mother. So it's got that connection. And it's not necessarily like the biggest, fanciest tiara out there. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be like too showy compared right. to, you know, it's not going to be a Princess Margaret. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. We're Only Princess
1: Margaret that. is a Princess Margaret,
0: exactly. <laughs> so that's what that's that's what I expect her to wear. But um, yeah, so I mean, anything she wears is going to be gorgeous. Like it's, I just can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, me too. So, uh, we shall see. But I'm glad, so glad we
1: did this episode. I got to yeah. have an excuse to spend my Sunday looking at shiny things. And I know. um. And now I'm like, oh, I should, uh, I should save up 78,000 Swiss francs. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Forget buying a home eventually. Just, just throw it all into tiara investments. You know, just
0: come home with an amazing tiara. Your husband will understand. Mm -hmm. You can wear it to parties.
1: I I totally could. I'm married now. It's not
0: against protocol.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, if you can afford it, go for it. I can't. That's the problem. Okay, I'll get a plastic one, <laughs> like the
0: yeah. $2 one.
1: Right. That sounds great. <sighs> I mean.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, if you have a opinion on, an opinion, I should say, of uh, what uh, Tiara you would like to see Megan to see or what you think she's going to wear, uh, please let us know. Um. Yeah. I'll I'll put that out on uh, Instagram as well once we publish this. Maybe
1: we should. Yeah. We can come up with a poll. Even
0: we could. Oh uh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Lovely. What do you think she's gonna wear? Yeah. Um. Any of these, or do you think she's going to take something from the vault, or if she's gonna get gifted a new, or uh, new to her, new to the family, mm-hmm. uh, piece? So. Yeah, but I mean, if you have other thoughts on it, if you want to tell us that we missed the most beautiful tiara possible out there, or you are Megan's personal jeweler and you want to spill the beans, you can email us. Um, <laughs> we are at americrowndreams <laughs> Ameri- at com, And then we are also on Instagram and Facebook at americrowndreams. And we are on Instagram. Nope, we're not. I said that already. We're on Twitter at americrowndream. Focus, Jenna. Man, <laughs> it's been a day. That's Okay um yeah but also again uh, rate review us on apple podcasts we greatly um appreciate all of that so
0: that we do so uh until next time yeah thanks for listening guys thanks everyone bye bye